0: Girl, he reads from these journals he kept when he was a principal, uncut and uncensored, putting all his business in the street. The podcast, bless his heart. The name, Ken Williams. Dear dumbass, don't fuck with the foreplan after assembling people who took the shit off your plate in the first place. I don't know whether it was the light feeling you have on the last day of school or if I really have discovered a few people who will be loyal and share my vision. But several moments really felt good in the last couple of weeks. It culminated yesterday afternoon when I met with Dodd, Lynch and Dublin about the literacy coach position and the school floor plan. I assigned it to them. And then, after it was done, I made a couple of tweaks after entrusting them with the task. Well, those couple of tweaks I made caused a real ripple effect in other areas. And like a dumbass, I distributed these new floor plan maps and as a result, pissed people off. And not that some people wouldn't have been pissed off anyway. It's just that some of the folks griped about the changes I made. Things that could have been avoided if I first went with the plan that was given to me. So I had to eat it and own it. And what moved me most is that my teammates gave me the space to be humble, vulnerable, and wrong. Though never easy to admit when you've made a mess, I'm just thankful for the fact that they made it safe for me to be human. Do you wake up dreading the thought that your teachers have no idea how to ensure equity for every student? Do you stress out at the thought that for years now, you've been engaged in PLC light and not PLC right? Do you find yourself frustrated that some of your teachers don't believe all students can learn at high levels? And do you secretly find yourself deeply frustrated and worn down by the excuses offered as to why kids aren't learning? Are you somewhat unsure of what it takes to embed equity on every campus and on every team and with every teacher in every classroom? And do issues like equity, racism, and social justice feel like a powder keg set to explode and completely fracture your campus? If so, then you need my new book, Ruthless Equity. Disrupt the status quo and ensure learning for all students. And just, I want you to imagine yourself working with supercharged confidence because you have clarity about how to ensure equity for every student. Confidence about leveraging equitable practices that will make student achievement more measurable and predictable. And never again wonder if you make a difference because you now understand you are the difference. If you're looking for a path to equity for every student, that matters. And in my mind, The only path that matters is the one that moves the needle for student achievement. Then you need Ruthless Equity. And not only do you need Ruthless Equity, but you want to check out my newest product, the Ruthless Equity Accelerator. Nine videos, plug and play, where I facilitate a book study with your entire staff or with individual teams through the most important aspects of every chapter. There is no prep, there is no pre-work, no preparation at all. And so you as a leader, teacher leader or school leader, get to hit play, pause, and engage with your staff learning together. Nine videos preloaded, all the materials right there, so that everyone on your staff hears the same language delivered by the same person no more train the trainer where you're wondering if it's being re-delivered with fidelity because i'm doing a delivering baby i'm doing a delivering so you should combine both the purchase of ruthless equity and the ruthless equity accelerator again nine listen when i was a principal if somebody offered me nine videos that were not only quality, but represented nine potential already planned Chia Pet. Just pour water on it. Just set it and forget it like Ronco sessions, nine sessions. I'd kiss that man on the mouth and I'm happily married, baby. I'm happily married. If you want to find out more information, go to ruthlessequity.com. That's ruthlessequity.com. Now back to the podcast. All right, baby, let's get into it. Once again, this is one of those episodes that takes me right back to that moment. (laughs) What's the term? Triggered. Now, uh, last time, last episode I was triggered, it just welled up a bunch of passion in me. This time, it triggers humility because I just remember just how ridiculous I felt with this whole thing. But I, I think this is a lesson that all leaders can take you know, take something from it. I I think we've all been here uh, to some extent, to some extent. And that is when we delegate a task um, to be okay with the results. And I'm not talking about accept things when they're wrong. Here here was my issue, right? You know, I'm entrepreneurial minded. I love leadership. But this is really the first time where I've been in a situation where I can't do everything, right? And leaders can't do everything. So there comes a point where you have to delegate. And the formula I use, I use two different types of formulas. One, what are the things that have to be done but don't have me working in my area of strength? Like, am I getting paid? Like, are they paying me to spend all this time doing this? You know, and, if, and if, if 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 that's something that can be delegated to someone else, it could be an important task, but it doesn't make make the, the best use of my time and expertise, then you gotta delegate it. That's one. And the other litmus test is if it's shit you ain't good at. And look, schedules, um, floor plans, I that is just not my strength, man. It's it's just it's not my strength. You know, looking at a page or an Excel spreadsheet with all sorts of different colors and room assignments and times and stuff like that, like that, that looks like another language to me. So I know I need help with that. And this floor plan to an extent was, you know this was, uh, you know, it was like adjacent to like a master schedule. Like I'm not a great master scheduler. I know I'm not. And it's not that I don't want to learn it. I could probably get good at it, but there are people, there are always people on staff who are much better at it than I am. And so with this floor plan, I needed I needed to to delegate it. It just was it wasn't my strength. And I was going to say I could watch a bunch of YouTube videos, but YouTube wasn't hot then. Again, I could learn how to do it better. I could probably call on some mentors and but you know, time was of the essence. I've got people on staff who can do this, and so I got some trusted folks, including my assistant principal, to put together this floor plan. And I don't remember every single detail, but My AP is all about details. Jeannie was just, she was just great with those details. So I know the outcomes were clear. And the fact is, when I got the floor plan back, I wasn't completely satisfied with how they did stuff. Now, it's one thing when it's completely off or it doesn't meet your outcomes. And that's when you have to kind of take a step back and say, was I clear on outcomes? You know, did I cover every detail? This floor plan would have done just fine, but... It was just a couple of things I would have done differently if I did it myself. And so what did I do? I stuck my big ass foot into the process, tweaked some things that didn't need to be tweaked, and then pissed people off. And again, as I said in the journal entry, it's not about not wanting to piss people off. I mean, not everybody's going to be happy with anything you decide. It's just that my intrusion was unnecessary, and the ripple effect caused more problems than not. And I still remember, I'm closing my eyes as I'm saying this, I'm sitting at my desk in my office at Swint Elementary and I'm looking across the desk at the three people who took a ton of time and, you know, invested a bunch of energy into doing the floor plan in the first place and then I come in and screw things up. There there aren't... That's just one really, really effective way to uh, break trust. Like, if you want to diminish trust, if you want to... uh, Stifle someone's expertise. If you want to move people who throw themselves into a task, into uh, kind of sticking their toe in a task because they are thinking in the back of their minds that you're going to come in and and change stuff anyway, that, that this is how you do it. Ask someone to do something, they do it right, and then you go in and change shit up. Again, you ask them to do something, they do it right, and you change some shit up because of some minutiae. So here's the larger leadership lesson. And I'm still, I'm still working through stuff like this today. I'm much better now. You got to be clear on outcomes, right? When you delegate, it should be because it's going to free you up to work in the areas where you are most effective, most impactful, and, or it's going to free you up and allow someone else to do something who's better at it than you. And for me, both those things were true. I didn't want to spend hours upon hours working on the floor plan. And I wasn't great at it. And so I entrusted it to three really capable educators, really capable colleagues who did their thing. And then I went in and tweaked some stuff and it it screwed up, you know, twice as bad as it needed to. I did mention, and I do love this, is that uh, they made it safe for me to um, to just uh, be vulnerable, transparent, apologize. Uh, I had to kind of rebuild trust again because I'm putting myself in their shoes. And I would imagine that if, if I were one of those three educators, one of those three staff members, I would have felt, felt some kind of way about the work I put in and then you come back later to change it up. So then, you know, my thought would be, well, do it your damn self next time. And I didn't want that. So I was real, 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 real humble when I apologized to them. I really was, and I learned it was it was, a, it was a tough lesson to learn for me. It was a tough lesson to learn for me, and so I appreciate them creating that safe space. But I'll tell you, leaders, that safe space um, it's it's typically it's typically created by you. So I mentioned in a journal entry that I appreciate them providing a safe enough space for me to be transparent and vulnerable. But I'm telling you, it's not like you walk in and say, I wonder if this space is safe enough to be transparent. You got to take the first step and be transparent and vulnerable. And it turns out that they've received it well. They received it well, as most staff members would, you know, as most staff members would. You know, when I first got into education, the... The the, the the leadership dogma was don't let them see you sweat, don't let them get too close to you, don't let them, you know, don't ever show you weaknesses and I don't know <laughs> I'm not sure what the objectives of leadership were back in the day but that just didn't work, it doesn't, it doesn't work for anyone, it definitely didn't work for me uh, because I, I screwed things up uh, way too often to try to hide from it all but I didn't attempt to be defensive about it I didn't attempt to justify the changes I tried to make I didn't attempt anything because there was a bigger picture here. And the bigger picture was, I just found a group of people who, like I said in the, in the uh, entry, you know, align with the vision, trying to work in the service of the mission. And here I delegate something important to them and then step on their toes. And that in and of itself is inappropriate. It, it, it doesn't matter if, if I try to go back through the files and the three changes i made were just uh, amazing. It was inappropriate. And there was more damage to be done with me trying to defend those changes than to just fall on the sword and say, I'm sorry, because I'm going to need them again. Without question, I'm going to need them again. And so I fast forward, you know, more than a decade later and, you know, I'm self-employed, you know, unfold the soul. I do professional learning all over the nation, so forth and so on. And. I'm a one-man show. So I grew to a point where I needed an assistant. You know, I needed an assistant to help free me up. And I've I've gone through a couple. And Jessica has been with me now, I think, for four years. And she's great. I mean, she's great. Um, honestly, she really is. I tell her every every third event I do, the host always talks about how wonderful it is to work with my assistant. But I had to learned to let go of some things because she's she's bright, she's sharp she gets shit done but is it done the way I would do it if I was doing it every time? No no, and I found myself in the same situation early on coming in and and, and tweaking stuff and then I just sat back one day and said what the hell are you, what is this? what's the outcome? the outcome is X, Y, and Z and as long as at the finish line the outcome is met, right, and she's doing it in a professional way, I, I I gotta stop, I gotta stop obsessing over, you know, how she's doing it, and and we're at that point now, and that and it has been just wonderful. I just make sure I'm clear on outcomes, I'm clear on timelines, I'm clear on whatever the finished product was or the or the the end result. And once I do that, I've learned to let go. So leaders, you gotta let go. You got to let go and not worry as much about, and listen, I know I'm talking to some leaders out there who would, you know, in a quiet, safe space, consider themselves control freaks. I don't think I'm a control freak. I'm not a control freak, but there is a part of me that wants things done the way I want them done. I've just learned to get better at letting go and focusing more on the outcome and results more than the path or the process to get to those outcome and results so I hope this message hits a leader where he or she lives where you learn to focus more on the outcomes and results rather than how your team gets to those outcome and results and remember as always start with the crown On the next episode of the Unfold the Soul, bless his heart, leadership podcast. Hey, I'm going to send you a message so that you know that you don't always have to wait till the end to reflect. You've been listening to the Unfold the Soul, bless his heart podcast with Ken Williams. For more information about Ken, visit unfoldthesoul.com.